0: welcome to the heart of the athlete this is reggie Etheridge welcoming you to the radio program for the fellowship of christian athletes featuring what god is doing in the hearts and lives of coaches and athletes in idaho now here are your hosts well good morning folks and welcome to the heart of the athlete here on kbxl 94.1 fm i'm ken lewis i'm the director for the fellowship of christian athletes here in idaho and in the studio, our co-host this morning is our Kenyon County Director for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, Sean Rooney. Morning, Ken. It's great to have you here, Sean. I know Pablo's in here usually with me, and it's good to have you here.
1: Yeah, good to kick him out and be in here with you. <laughs> well, we love <laughs> you, <bet>. you, Pablo.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, well, we'll get Pablo back on here. We got, we're going to get Ryan on here, too. So Ryan's our FCA staff over in the West Treasure Valley. Well, hey, uh, we got... Uh, Great guest, a great interview this morning with uh, Jill Wilson. Jill, it's welcome to the show.
2: Thanks, Ken. Good morning.
0: And uh, you're originally from Australia, right?
2: That's right. Yep. Land down under. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's great. Well, we're excited to have you on the air. And before we get started with Jill, we just want to thank our sponsors. And first of all, uh, Skip Hall and Associates. Uh, we appreciate his um, uh, sponsorship of uh, not only of the, the the broadcast here, but also the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, just their support over the years. And Coach Hall was uh, involved in FCA for a long time. And then uh, when he first got... Uh, as a as a coach at University of Colorado as assistant coach and then uh, uh, still to this day. So and then also Awakening's Coffee House there on the northwest corner of uh Overland and Five Mile. We appreciate their support of of the show. And then uh and lastly just uh, uh KBXL and the Schaefer family here. We um, appreciate their support and their vision of wanting to hear and and uh of what God's doing in the lives of coaches and athletes here in Idaho. So well, Jill, um, how long have you been here in Idaho?
2: Well, we arrived on December 24th, so Christmas Eve. So yeah, that was at the end of 2017, so only around eight months or so, or nine months.
0: Wow, yeah. and uh, you're married, you have a, a, a young daughter.
2: Yeah. yeah, I'm married to Jim Wilson, and I, we have a Bobby girl called Zoe Wilson, who's 17 months old, and she's so cute. Yeah. Very adventurous. <laughs>
0: Well, um, you grew up in Australia and a big family there. I remember you telling me that earlier. And uh, um, how did you get involved um, in sports there in Australia?
2: Well, in my family, there's actually quite a number of us. There was, I've got 10 other siblings and my dad is actually an athletics coach. So he coached cross country, track, and also race walking. So through, the, through his involvement, uh, all of us in my family actually got involved with running and racewalking, so it's was good.
0: Hmm. And then you, uh, so you, you, did you compete in any other sports besides track and field when you were a youngster?
2: No, I, no, it was just running actually, yeah, and race walking.
0: And when did you start competing, um, when, like at, uh, like nationally there in Australia? Um, how old were you?
2: I was nine,
0: Nine years old. (laughs) Nine years old. What what events were you doing in track and field at nine? Uh,
2: At nine, I was doing, at the Australian level, I was doing race walking. I was also doing a little bit of cross country, but it was mainly race walking at nine. And I was not good. I was really not good at it at nine.
0: (laughs) So, because you did some other uh, track and field events, but why... How'd you get in in race walking? Because I know I, Sean, we've seen it on the on the TV, right? At the Olympics and,
1: yeah, and it's maybe not a, World Championships. It's not a huge sport here. You know, it's not a major collegiate sport. You don't see it going on a whole lot around here. Tell no. us a little bit more.
2: Yeah, so I was involved with um, Little Athletics. So during the summertime in Australia, Little Athletics is um, is run every Saturday, and kids from you know ages five to seventeen go and um, have fun doing all types of track and field events. Um, And there's quite a few different little local um, little athletics groups around. So it's very, very popular. And it's the way that a majority of, you know, the elite athletes in track and field in Australia started their careers as Mm. little, little kids just competing. So, yeah, my dad... um, he, he was coaching my older sisters in race walking and my older brother in race walking. And he was like, Jill, just have a go. You know, you, you might enjoy it. So I was like, sure, dad, have a go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So you ended up eventually going to the Australian um, Institute of Sport. And tell us about that. Is that a school? Is that a college there in Australia? Okay,
2: so the Australian Institute of Sport was set up in the 1980s, after Australia did terrible at the Olympic Games. I think it was in Montreal. And so they decided, hey, how's Australia going to compete with the world? And then they came up with the idea of having a centralised sporting system, a place where the best of the best could go train together, the, the best of the best um, scientists, you know, the sports scientists, um, and all the research and all those kinds of departments that need to come together to um, facilitate the development of athletes was all placed together in Canberra at the Australian Institute of Sport. And so uh, it's it very selective, very few scholarships are offered. Um, you really have to be identified as a, as a, um, a really uh, an athlete who's got great potential to go on to becoming the best in the world, you know, up mm-hmm. there with the best of the world. And, um, your the the scholarships actually funded by were funded by the Australian government. It's now changed, but the original idea and when I went in in um, 2010 as a scholarship athlete was that you're funded by the government. You're paid by the government to train, and um, yeah, it's just you, you're identified as a, a, a as a huge potential pro- prospect, prospect. Yeah, yeah towards yeah. the Olympics. Really, huh. that's what they were targeting the Olympics. That's
0: wow.
1: neat. Mm. So, so you're there at the institute. Mm. If you're that big of a deal in the country of Australia, what, what's the training like? What What was your day like?
2: Oh, okay. Well, it's quite intense. Um, on any on an average week of training, I was doing, let's say, between ninety and hundred miles, um, and that was combined of race walking and running because mm-hmm. um, I have a running background, that was a, r- a real bonus for me to be able to do a little bit of cross-training with the running. But that's not including your gym work. So that's, you know, your two sessions a week of gym. That's not including Pilates and that's not including your other things like um, physiotherapy and, um, yeah, things like that too. So it's quite busy week.
0: Yeah, wow. <laughs> wow. Well, I I was sure impressed uh, the two thousand Olympics there in Sydney. So, that was uh, that was just fun to watch that and just see all the. It's always neat every year or every Olympics. You know the Olympic cycle and how that takes place. And, um, but uh, how old? Or, 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 or do you remember watching the Olympics there in uh, when it was in Sydney when in two thousand?
2: Yeah. It was definitely an amazing event to have in, in my backyard uh-huh. yeah so I loved it I was so proud of Australia I was so proud of the athletes and you uh-huh. know it was just an exciting time it was, uh, it was just wonderful
0: that's cool. my high school wrestling coach Bruce Burnett he actually was our u s Olympic coach for the for uh, USA wrestling at the time and so he was there that was in two thousand so he took a position at the u s Naval Academy after that but uh, um, so I know that he was there and well, I know that you um you were uh, obviously, like we're talking, you were a prospect at that at the Australian Institute of Sport, and you um, you were racing, starting a race, you know, in Australia and internationally. But then you had a you had an injury. Mm. Was it in 2010 that and was that did that happen in your training for race walking, or actually happened in competition? Or it, it actually
2: happened um, two weeks before the Australian Commonwealth Games trials, mm-hmm. which coincided with the Australian Championships. And I'd just come off a three week uh, camp with the best of the best race walkers, um, with a lot of the ones from around the world had come to train in this training camp at the, AC, at the Australian Institute of Sport. And it had it, been really intense, full on training. And then I hurt my knee and this was, yeah, just two weeks out from the Australian Championships and, the again, the Commonwealth Games Trials. And I was just praying to God. I was like, what am I going to do? You know, this is my opportunity. I, I wasn't on scholarship just yet. This was the race that was going to put me on scholarship at the AIS. I was, I, was, I was doing all the training, but I didn't have any of the financial support. I was also studying full-time uh, at the University of Canberra. And so, that, you know, the hours of training and the hours of study um, – was quite stressful, but then when you, when your body gives way at that time at that at that point where we you, you, you know you just what goes through your head. I was just thinking, Lord, what am I going to do? Can I turn up to this race even with this injury? So I, I was just praying and trusting Him, and I was in, I was really you know quite worried. And I saw the physios, and they helped physiotherapists. Sorry, <laughs> if I say physio, it means physiotherapists. <laughs> Oh, Australian
1: I, lingo, we're getting used yes, to it. I'm glad yeah. you're translating for us yeah. here this
0: morning. <laughs>
2: oh, some people give me the strangest looks. I'm like, oh, sorry. Okay, I've, yep, I'll fix it up. It's physiotherapist. There we go. So, yeah, they helped patch me back together to get on the start line. Uh, this race was down in Hobart. So we had you know a couple of flights down to get to Hobart. And I still didn't even know if I was going to be able to get on the start line and compete. As by this time, the pain had traveled all the way up my, from my knee and was starting to hurt my hip. And I, I didn't know what to do. I got on the line. I didn't even know if I could start. And it was it was incredible. God's grace got me through that race, you know. I, I just felt him the whole way. I didn't do the time that I would have been able to do um, if I hadn't had the injury. It was actually a miracle I was on the start line. It's a 20K race, by the way. It, it's, it's that, and that let me translate that that's 12 to 13 miles
0: <laughs> that's right it's point 0.6 right so if it's kilometers you just time, whatever is in kilometers you times it by point 0.6 and that gives you your miles
2: that's it <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah so this isn't like a simple oh let's go you know do two mile race this is you know 12 to 13 miles and and the pace you you're competing at most people don't really understand but i'll try and translate this. For race walking, the pace that I was racing at is around four minute thirty kilometers. Um, I don't know how translate translate that into miles, but I'll figure it out here yeah, in a couple minutes. Yeah, you might be able to help me out, <laughs> but let's just say over twenty k, that's about ninety minutes. Okay. To okay. to compete twenty k in gotcha. anyway, so I, I in my training I was training at the at the way to be able to race in about 88 minutes wow. for 20K. But given that I was injured, um, it was a miracle I was on the start line and I actually finished the race and, wow. and I came third. And I um I just missed out on the A qualifier for the Commonwealth Games by 13 seconds. Wow. So I didn't get picked for the team. I got a B qualifier, which was pretty good. And, you know, I finished in an hour 34, 13, so... I, I was just, you know, praising the Lord that I was started, and then I finished and I got I got on scholarship at the Australian Institute of Sport from that race. Wow. So, you know, when everything was down, God came through and he, he, he gave me that grace to get through that race because mm-hmm. it was hard.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, when you started sharing about this race and this injury, you talked about how you were praying to God, you know, the Lord got you through it. When, when did your relationship with the Lord start and, and kind of really help, you know, in your, in your walk?
2: Well, I was actually really blessed to grow up in a family that uh, already believed in Jesus. So my parents uh, became Christians when they went to college. We say university, <laughs> but you know, at university. And, yeah, I grew up knowing Jesus. Um, since I asked him into my heart when I was four, I still remember the moment. Wow. And, he's always he's always been with me you get to an age when you're about 17 where you need to again decide for yourself um and you know he 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 was always faithful and he he never left my side i never i never walked away from him and i had choices to make as Mm -hmm. as everyone does and i chose him because he chose me
0: well, folks, if you're just joining us, uh, we're visiting here this morning on Heart of the Athlete with Jill Wilson, former Australian race walker who now lives in the Treasure Valley. So we're.
1: Yeah, Jill, I was going to ask you to, um, you know, you just told us about your walk with the Lord. And after that real tough race of being injured, yet still doing well, you you became a student at the Institute, right? Or an athlete at the Institute. Sorry, I'm getting college institute. Here we go. Um, so what was that like? Then, like, kind of moving forward, tell us about kind of what happened next after that race, being a part of the Institute.
2: Well, it, it's actually an intense pressure cooker. Um, you're being paid by the government to train. So
0: and they want results. They
2: want results. So mm-hmm. it's a results-orientated environment. As much as they can, they support you in every way as much as they can. You know, you've got your training requirements, your training commitments. um, You have all of your other commitments, such as, you know, nutrition. Mm -hmm. um, And they would watch everything that you did. And they would make sure that you were doing the right thing um, according to what they believed was the right thing. Um,
0: Sounds like you're uh, under a microscope, like a professional athlete in the United States. Yeah, Mm.
2: absolutely. Yeah, they, they, they wanted to ensure that you were doing the best that you could do um, while controlling your own environment. Now that's a little bit interesting because mm-hmm. when you're in an environment that isn't, you know, Christ-centered, that things may not line up with your faith. Mm-hmm. So there's certain pressures that may not line up with what God is actually speaking to you in your heart. So I was under a lot of pressure um, because I was quite a, a powerful, strong athlete. Um, to keep my weight below a certain amount, and and that was difficult too because I didn't actually have a problem with my weight. I was fit, I was skinny, and I was fast. And you know, when when you when you um go below a certain weight, your body doesn't work properly. Mm-hmm. You lose your power, you lose your strength, right. and you know. So, the Lord made me a certain way, mm-hmm. and. If somebody says to change the way that the Lord made me, that uh, it doesn't it doesn't work. Mm. You know, right. you go with how God made you. Right. And you go with what He says about you. Yeah. And um, yeah. So in that environment, there's a lot of times when there were athletes who would want to compete against you. Um, they weren't necessarily they would be nice to your face, but not nice behind your back. Um, and there was times when my own coach would set up situations to create tension, to create a cooker pressure atmosphere, making you feel like the people you're training with were your own competition. Mm. So every day you turn up to training and you'd have to give 110%. When you train like that, you get injured and um, your body falls apart because you're you're not designed to give 110% every day, Mm. only on key training sessions. And I just remember situations when I was injured when my hip got injured and in just before that race, I had to do a lot of cross training by myself and I felt a lot of pressure of trying to cross train and I was comparing myself to the other athletes of what training they were doing and what they were doing. And I started to internalize a lot of things and um, I started to get really sad because I couldn't do what I loved. I got to see all the athletes going off and doing race walking and I was going to the gym and I was doing, you know, uh, 90 minutes on the on the um air, the stepper, and I would then do another hour gym session. I was just training so hard, but it felt like I was going nowhere mm. and my hip wasn't getting any better and I ended up having to have hip surgery wow uh, so then I had two years of rehab for my hip, and i still it still wasn't it still wasn't healed wow, and so I lost my scholarship
1: hmm. mm. yeah those uh those times are tough, you know, and we've been Doing, you know, putting so much pressure on ourselves, you know, really striving in a, in a results-driven environment, um, you know, centered around a certain purpose and almost and getting wrapped up in an identity, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's it's gone or we're we're no longer in that same environment. You know, we we begin to ask ourselves, who, who am I? What who what? Why am I here? You know, and so what what was that like? For you, Jill, kind of in that moment when when you lost your scholarship, what what sort of things did you process? What were your prayers like? Tell us a little bit about that.
2: Well, I felt like I had let God down. Mm. I felt like I had let Him down because I had developed an eating disorder um, from all the pressure um, mm. being placed on me about my weight and the, the comments my coach would make about my weight and what I looked like, and um, which wasn't which wasn't the right thing. No. He shouldn't have done that, and I shouldn't have believed him.
0: Well, that's a common thing that happens here in the states too. With you know, I hear from female athletes as well.
2: Yep, and yeah, I I so I I had the eating disorder. I was really upset because I blamed myself that I had lost the scholarship, even though I trained so hard and I rehabbed and did everything above and beyond what I needed to do, and. I had even started developing panic attacks when I would see my coach come. Mm. I had a full-on panic attack where my body froze and everything when he came up to talk to me um, in in the spa because I'd had a, f- a flashback to when another time when he'd come up to talk to me in the spa in the recovery center and had told me that I'd put on weight. Um, so I had automatic triggers that were setting me off into a panic and anxiety. And... And these weren't just simple ones. These were like massive flashbacks. And um, I'd actually developed um, post-traumatic stress disorder mm. um, from the intense circumstances surrounding my coach and the pressure of that environment. Mm. It, 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 you know, I being an athlete full-time, that was my livelihood. Mm-hmm. I, I was living there. Um, I was like, you know, everything to do with that was being paid for if i'd lost that scholarship you know i lost my home i i lost my 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 goal my dream my future i i was studying but still everything of me was invested my identity was invested in this pursuit of you know olympics yeah so yeah i developed ptsd and uh, you know when when you're at that place it, it's it's not an, it's not an easy road you know
0: yeah. How did the Lord help you get through all that? Um, and maybe that, I don't know. Maybe there's a passage of scripture that you just parked yourself into as well that the Lord just kept speaking to you through.
2: Yeah, there was there was actually two key ones that are coming to mind now. The first one was Psalm one. You know, blessed is the man and woman. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of his Lord. Now that reminds me that you know when when my coach was speaking those things to me, I was listening to ungodly counsel. Mm-hmm. I wasn't listening to wise counsel. Mm-hmm. But he who delights in the law of the Lord um, and meditates on it day and night, he is like a tree who is planted by streams of water. You know, Holy Spirit, whose leaf does not wither, you're growing the fruit. Amen. And um, and you've grown that fruit. And, you know, the next part of it is streams of water who, who yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither, not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. So, you know, planting myself in the word, praying and crying my heart out to the Lord because Whenever anyone would speak about the AIS, I would go into a full-on panic attack. I would be crying. Um, I would be virtually inconsolable. Uh, I I would be, you know, just I couldn't cope with it. Um, Even with exercise, because that was associated, anything associated to um, the AIS, I found difficult. So I'd be going out for a half an hour run every day because I believed I had to Mm -hmm. and I'd be crying. Wow. But I'd be praying to the Lord saying, hey, can you heal me, Lord? Heal me. You know, you're my God. You you have promised to heal me. And the other verse that I had was, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They'll rise up on wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not be faint. And so from that place, I I have hoped in the Lord and, and he has healed me. He has healed me of so many of those associations and triggers um, I even went back into the AIS and worked as a personal excellence coordinator. You know, for a person who who couldn't even have somebody talk about race walking or my coach <laughs> or the AIS to go back into that place, live there for four mm-hmm. days a week, and work with the athletes and um, mentor them. You know, with with God helping me, mm-hmm. I, I he he healed me and he overcame so much. So. It's true. When you hope in the Lord, He does renew you. He does renew your strength. Yeah. He does uplift you. He does give you a hope and a future. He really comes through. When He is your only only hope, when He is your strength, when you lay everything at His feet and you receive from Him what you have from Him, then you can do what He has called you to do.
0: Mm. Yeah. Well, it's been great having you. The time has flown by here this morning. It has it, Sean? It sure has. Yeah, amazing story. Well, folks, we've been visiting this morning with Jill Wilson, former Australian race walker living in, in Idaho now, Or, and uh, we're, we've got to have you back in, because I know you you got to help coach at our FCA camp this past summer, and uh, it was I awesome. think we need to, you know, it'd be fun to get Jill back in and talk about some more of these things that are, you know, that female athletes, you know, go through. It's a little different than yeah. male athletes, isn't it, Sean? Yes. Yeah.
2: yeah. Thanks so much, guys. It's awesome to be here. And. Yeah, praise God.
0: Man, <laughs> Amen. Man. Yeah, he delivered you from all that. So, well folks, if you're interested in more about the Fellowship of Christian Athletes here in Idaho, you can go to our website at fcaidaho.org. That's fcaidaho.org and you can get in touch with Sean or Pablo here in Ada County or Ryan in the West Treasure Valley or myself. So, well Sean, it's been great to have you on there. Been a blast, Ken. Thanks for having me. Yep, Jill, thanks for taking the time for coming in this morning.
2: Oh, thank you. It's been so good.
0: God bless folks.